No mark is the true mark. The main reason you have come to this retreat is to chant the name of Amitabha Buddha. There are four methods of Buddha recitation. True mark recitation, visualization recitation, contemplation of a Buddha's image recitation, and oral recitation. True mark recitation requires you to not only have prajna wisdom, but also blessings and virtues, so that this wisdom does not become a dry and lifeless kind of wisdom. Having wisdom without blessings is troublesome. Is that not so? It is like a person who is very intelligent, but for some reason is poor his whole life. Prajna wisdom, however, fully encompasses blessings and virtues in itself. You must have blessings, virtues, and wisdom to be able to practice true mark recitation. Otherwise, in this dharma-ending age, ordinary people like us cannot begin to comprehend this method. Even if we could understand it, we could not reap real benefits from it. What we call true mark is that which is without marks, forms, and characteristics. Only if it is without marks can it be the true mark. From a worldly perspective, this would be contradictory. That is, if something has no marks, it does not exist. If it does not exist, how can it be real? How can you make a meal with no rice in the kitchen? If there is no rice in the pot, what will they put on your plate? Worldly people always assume that phenomena are real, and that is our mistake. That is turning our backs on our original pure nature and immersing ourselves in the turbidities of the world. The essence of Dharma is emptiness. Even though all phenomena have illusory marks, ultimately there is nothing for one to obtain. Only after listening to the Dharma, thinking about it, and practicing it for some time can one comprehend this principle. It cannot be grasped by worldly people who do not uphold the precepts nor chant the Buddha's name. Everyone should pay attention to this. Practice the Buddha's teachings with confidence. There are many things in Buddhism that, when looked at from a worldly perspective, seem contradictory. There are some clever, argumentative people who cannot accept Buddhism. What I am referring to here is your average everyday scholar, or people of great wealth and high social status. If these people lack virtuous roots, they become arrogant and look down on everything. They believe that everything they think and say must be right. They do not understand how woefully lacking their knowledge is. From past lifetimes up to now, they have not heard the Dharma. Therefore, once they hear this transcendental philosophy, they slander it because it does not agree with them. We do not need to argue with these people because they are unwilling to accept the truth. Those with virtuous roots can accept the teaching even though they do not understand it. They believe that the Buddha speaks the truth and only the truth. They believe in and practice what the Buddha teaches. Even though they are still unclear about some principles, they practice them with confidence and conviction. Between these two types of people, we should learn from the ones with virtuous roots and follow their example. 
using the unreal to practice the real. To cultivate prajna wisdom, we need to practice within the realm of temporary, unreal phenomena. Practicing within that realm, you will perceive the true mark. But if that temporary appearance is falsely perceived phenomena, then how can you see the truth? You must understand that in the realm of the unreal and temporary, the nature of dependent origination is emptiness, and this emptiness is the true mark. In the Diamond Sutra, the Buddha told us, If you perceive that all forms are non-forms, then you have perceived Tathagata. The Tathagata is the true mark, Dharma body. In that case, why do we create images of the Buddha? This is what we mean by using the unreal to practice the real. If we do not create superficial images of the Buddha, how can we let sentient beings perceive the appearance of the Buddha and evoke their respect? We still have to practice at the phenomenal level. Even though dependent origination is transient and unreal, we still cannot separate ourselves from it. In your pursuit of transcendence, if the necessary causes and conditions are lacking even in the slightest, you cannot achieve Buddhahood. Therefore, you still need to be willing to practice at the phenomenal level. But while you are doing so, you must remember that the essence of all phenomena is emptiness. At their source, they are lacking in form. What you gain from this cultivation are the blessings of prajna wisdom and the blessings of non-form. What are the blessings of prajna and non-form? It is to practice goodness, yet not be attached. For example, if you make a donation towards the construction of a Buddha statue but dwell on the merits of this good deed, then you are using your secular mind to practice goodness and seek blessings. Of course this good deed yields blessings, for where there is a cause there must be an effect. But these blessings are within the celestial and human realms. This is the conventional truth. If you intend to reach Buddhahood by such blessings and virtues and escape the cycle of birth and death, you are mistaken. Then how can you escape this cycle and reach Buddhahood? By cultivating all good deeds without the notions of self, others, and sentient beings, you will attain Buddhahood and liberate yourself from birth and death. True Mark Recitation Relies on Wisdom how do we practice true mark recitation? According to the law of dependent origination, we say that phenomena are not real in essence. We should know that everything we do is simply the result of causes and conditions and that their essence is not real. If we single-mindedly contemplate the principle, which states that the nature of dependent origination is emptiness, then that is true mark recitation. Once you reach this level of understanding, you will see that even though all phenomena are unreal, you still need to cultivate earnestly. It will be a disaster if you think, since all is unreal, then why practice? If you do not make the effort to cultivate virtues at the phenomenal level, how can you grasp the method of true mark recitation? If you do not delve deeply into this method, 
how can you truly comprehend that all forms are illusory? It is just like eating. The food is fundamentally unreal, but if you do not eat, how can you stay alive? Even though it is unreal, it can still nourish your physical body. With that body, you can perform all sorts of deeds to cultivate and to benefit others. Therefore, the unreal also has its functions. Do not think that just because something is unreal and not true, that you should discard it. If you do not make use of such things, you will just be waiting around to die. The reason Buddhism talks about emptiness is to enable you to recognize the true principle. Yet we talk about existence because we want you to practice all good deeds. You cannot leave the phenomenal world behind. This is why great master Hui Neng said, The Buddha Dharma is to be found in the secular world. It cannot be separated from this world. You must be in this world to successfully practice the Dharma. We say that the transcendental Buddhist path is illusory. Are the mundane people in this world illusory? They are even more so. It is said all forms are delusions. However, there is more to it. If you can perceive that all forms are non-forms, then you will perceive the Tathagata. Emptiness does not mean that there is nothing. It is not the case that there is emptiness when you leave phenomena behind. To gain a true understanding of emptiness, you must realize that all phenomena are merely manifestations of dependent origination and that they have no inherent existence of their own. Empty as things are, self and others do have temporary existences. If we follow the law of cause and effect and act accordingly, then we can cultivate causes that will bring about certain effects. By engaging in bad deeds, you will fall into the three lower paths. Likewise, the same law applies to all of the ten Dharma realms. You must thoroughly understand the nature of noumena and phenomena. Then you will have the wisdom to practice true mark recitation. There are two types of true marks. The true mark of without marks, emptiness, and the true mark of not without marks, existence. The former is emptiness within the ultimate truth, and the latter is existence within the conventional truth. If you wish to understand the ultimate truth of the Dharma, please make an effort to thoroughly study this concept and incorporate it into your practice. The ultimate truth is absolute emptiness. According to the ultimate truth, the true mark of true nature is absolute emptiness. This concept cannot be explained with words. Once you think it, it is not the truth. True mark contains not even a speck of dust. When the mind does not dwell anywhere, that is in accordance with true mark. Even the concept of not dwelling does not exist. That state is called true mark recitation and identification with the emptiness of the ultimate truth, which is mindfulness that is not mindfulness. Do not worry if you do not understand. What I am most afraid of is that you may misunderstand. As you keep listening to these teachings, you will gradually understand. 
If I do not talk about them, you will never understand them. Right now we do not practice true mark recitation. What we do is focus on the oral recitation of the Buddha's name. True mark recitation relies on one's own effort, but with oral recitation, one relies on the Buddha's powers. If you have Amitabha Buddha's great vessel of compassion to ferry you across the sea of suffering, do you still need to row your own raft? Buddhism tells us that the nature of all phenomena is empty, yet phenomena still exist. A good example of this idea is outer space, which is intrinsically empty. Yet mountains, rivers, lands, planets, and all living beings are in this space. Space itself is not made up of any objects. That is why it is called space. But because of its emptiness, it can contain and allow for the creation of all phenomena. Are there any phenomena that are not contained within space? Without space, are there still phenomena? People usually take emptiness to mean that nothing exists. But this emptiness does not represent nothingness. For example, the recitation hall is empty. If it were not empty, how could it house the statues of the three sages of the Western Pure Land? How could there be so many objects in the hall, making it look so magnificent? How could there be so many people here reciting and doing prostrations? Only when there is emptiness can there be usefulness. Without emptiness, there is no usefulness. Upon hearing this, everyone should unfold their wisdom. I hope everyone in the future will no longer mistake emptiness for nothingness, and I hope you will all understand the true meaning of emptiness in Buddhism from this example about space. Impermanent and thus empty Buddhism explains that all phenomena are impermanent. All things in the world go through formation, existence, deterioration, and extinction. Human beings go through birth, aging, sickness, and death, and our thoughts go through the stages of arising, dwelling, changing, and extinguishing. These are all impermanent. The sutras tell us that the earth is fragile and that human life is impermanent. The earth is part of the physical world, and humans are part of the sentient world. But all physical and sentient worlds in the universe are contained within space. Space contains all phenomena, and yet these phenomena are impermanent, including the cells in our bodies. These phenomena go through formation and extinction in every instant. Extinction does not occur only when a person dies at 70 or 80 years of age. Even before he is born inside his mother's womb, he is already experiencing a continuous process of change and extinction. Not only do sentient beings experience impermanence, but all phenomena within space also experience impermanence. They have an existence, but it is temporary, unreal existence. It is neither real nor permanent. In every instant they go through changes and extinction, Therefore, they are also impermanent. When their time has come, all things will pass into extinction. You cannot find anything that is real and unchanging. That is called emptiness. Beyond this, is there any other emptiness? From unreal phenomena, you can perceive emptiness.
The purity of our original nature is just like space. In essence, it is empty. The overflowing of our afflictions and deluded thoughts is the result of deviating from our original nature and going along with impure conditions. Because we do not follow the rules and have erroneous thoughts, we become much afflicted secular people. Everyone should pay attention to this. Now that you have come to the recitation hall, you must not let your thoughts run wild. If you do, you will be a sentient being troubled by afflictions. If your mind is pure, then you are a Buddha. Why do we recite the name of the Buddha? It is by doing so that we can calm our minds and eliminate our deluded, erroneous thoughts. The All-Embracing Virtuous Name What we call Zen is the mind of the Buddha, which is the true mark of non-form. It is also our inherent, true nature. So what need is there to ask the questions, Who is doing the Buddha recitation? And... Who was I before I was born? These questions are unnecessary. Why do we need to meditate on these topics? Virtuous people of the past said, Because some people are of low capacity and lack wisdom. They cannot go straight to the truth. Therefore, expedient means were established. It is like people who are not very healthy and cannot even stand up. Perhaps people who are old and do not have the strength, or young people who are very ill, they need a cane to lean on to be able to walk. Now we recite the name of the Buddha. Although in essence, the mind is Buddha and the Buddha is the mind, some people may ask us why we should recite the names of other Buddhas if we are Buddhas ourselves. Do not forget that even though you are Buddha in principle, you still carry heavy, negative karma from the past. Since your mind is full of impurities, you should recite the name of Amitabha Buddha. This is because Amitabha Buddha is the pure Dharma body adorned with myriad virtues. He is free of all negative karma and has perfected his merits and virtues. If someone says, Since I am a Buddha, why should I bother to recite other Buddha's names? They lack virtuous roots. Though they have encountered favorable conditions in this life, they still do not set their mind to Buddha recitation. Even when they recite, they do not recite well. They should humbly reflect on the causes and repent. Let us not dwell on principles. We would be better off attending to our own responsibilities, honestly upholding the name of Amitabha Buddha. Just like a baby nursing from its mother, we receive nourishment from Buddha recitation. If a baby nurses from his mother, he will grow bigger and stronger day by day. If we eat, we will stay healthy and be able to accomplish things. If you do not forget to recite the name of the Buddha and instead regard Buddha recitation as important as the mother's milk to a baby or food to a person, then you are on the right track. Do you understand? Good. Action speaks louder than words. All of you, please sincerely recite the name of Amitabha Buddha. <laughs>